The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about you, Cowboys? Yeah! This is Cowboys Storyline with Nick Eatman. What is up? Welcome to Cowboys Storyline. It is Tuesday, February 6th. Happy anniversary to my wife, Julie. She is, uh, this is, she watches the show sometimes when she has time. And so uh, she'll be watching now. I want to say happy anniversary to her, but, uh, Good stuff going on here. We got, uh, obviously, the NFL world's thinking about the Super Bowl and, and all that. And uh, Cowboys and a lot of other teams thinking about how to get better and, and uh, filling out personnel and coaching staff and all that. We uh, obviously have the open uh, uh, defensive coordinator position since the last show we did. Uh, Dan Quinn has now accepted the position with the Washington Commanders as head coach. He took the final job that was open. And uh, what that does is, you know, creates an opening, obviously, for a defensive coordinator. But, you know, I think the Cowboys were somewhat prepared. Um, Different candidates have been uh, interviewed here, um, reportedly, but uh, they're not just coming out announcing it. But uh, Ron Rivera, Mike Zimmer, um, Adam Dirty, who's the defensive line coach, uh, has, has apparently interviewed as well. So... Uh, those are three that, that we kind of know of for sure, and we'll see. I, I would be surprised if uh, this thing goes on past this weekend. I would think the Cowboys would probably have a new defensive coordinator uh, because then, you know, it, the, it trickles down from there. You know, you got to get a coordinator, then you got to get position coaches. You know, are you going to get his, te- his staff, his guys, keep the guys that are here? So uh, it's a whole process to kind of get this thing going. So um, it'll be interesting to see kind of how, how it all shakes out. I'm sure that'll be some of the questions that we hear uh, from you guys. want to talk about uh, that and, and maybe have some some options uh, as well. All right, let's go to the callers here. We got, um, we'll start it off. 888-855-2297 is the number. I know it by heart. I'm sure you guys probably know it as well, especially the ones that say they call 150 times in a row. And uh, and, I, and I did a little stats and research on that. I'll, I'll get to that later on. Uh, came up with some with some fun stuff uh, on, on doing some research on the callers that we've had on this show. But uh, all right, let's start it off. We got Paul. He's in Vancouver, Canada. What's up? Hey, Paul? Nick. How are you doing? Hey, Paul. How are you? Uh, good. Thank you. First time caller. All right. Here you go. Oh. Oh, there you go. Gotta put you on. Yeah, no, uh, yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, no, a couple months ago, you um, made a reference on your show that you met a fan in Charlotte and you signed a book. Uh, that was me, so I appreciate that. And uh, you guys are, all, you and Chris are always so gracious. So thank you so much. I don't, I don't remember you saying you were from Canada. Uh, I'm from Canada. Yeah. I mean, I don't remember that that part. But then again, that could have been some of the. Uh, beverages that were down there i don't know i don't know i don't remember you mentioning that but that's awesome and yeah i think you, you like paid for our food right oh, anytime man. it's always a pleasure man um Chris. Uh, yeah. that was pretty awesome yeah, huh? yeah. Uh, anytime man like uh you had a caller a few weeks ago saying that uh, you make a big impact on people you've definitely done that on me so wow. i appreciate you. it and it's it's always an honor. To, yeah, yeah, that I've was fun. Met you a few times. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We uh, we were at we were at a uh, the hotel bar there, and it was Saturday night. And like, didn't you have a game on your phone? And we had a couple of games going. on. We were watching like three or four college football games just on our own phone. That the, they were playing something else. At, at, you know, at the real TV, and we were like, nah, we we got to get our own. So we we had three or four different games going on, if I remember yeah. correctly. Yeah. 
Yeah, that was fun watching ball with you. Um, yeah. Also, happy anniversary to you, too. Oh, thank you. Thank uh, you. What's anyway. up? What you got, Paul? Um, yeah, I don't know if you're still doing this. So, uh, random Cowboy alum, I'm going to say Keith Davis. He's yeah. one of my favorites. Hell yeah. yeah. One of yours, too, I think. Yeah. Um, a random wrestler, I'm going to say Rick Rude. He's the best heel in the 80s. Him and Bobby Heenan doing their thing, so they were great. And my favorite all-time Cowboy, Tyron Smith. So you, you don't usually get a lot of current ones. Yeah. Um, on the air, so why why is he, my why is he your favorite of all time? I'm curious. Um, I was an offensive lineman in high school and college, and um, so like I always felt like those Bledsoe Romo days that uh, we needed to draft more offensive linemen high. And he, when he, we finally got him, I'm like finally, and he just became my guy. And and you know he was he had a lot of questions like in college because he was about 280 when he came out and. Um, you know, they, everybody thought Matthews was the better tackle at USC, so mm-hmm. he proved that wrong. So he proved a lot of doubters wrong, and he's, he's just been the man since he's been bleak. So yeah. I don't care what anybody says about that. Well, I mean, he, uh, he had a good year. He, I mean, he had a good season this year. When he was out there healthy, he played well. And he was, a, yeah. uh, you know, he was a second team, I think, all pro, and he, he had a really good season. And he played as many games as Tyler Smith did. Um, so, you know, from an injury standpoint, and I, I thought that they, they offense functioned well when he was out there. Yeah, then hopefully we can bring them back. Um, real quick, I know you have other calls to get to. Um, uh, so I kind of want to talk about this whole all-in approach. So I kind of think it's a myth to rebuild in this league because look what Houston did and other teams in the past, even Philadelphia five, six years ago when they made those trades for Carson Wentz. So I think as long as Will McClay is here, you can rebuild your roster rather quickly. And just my other point is um, I think if I really hope we can keep Gallup and TP, but if we don't get those two guys back, then we don't. We're, we're really lacking some players at the skill position. So, and that could be hard because we need linebackers and D linemen. So, and you know, uh, I was hoping you could touch a little bit on defensive end because we have a lot of free agents there with Fowler, um, Golston, and Tank only have one year left. So, that might be something we have to rebuild fast. Sure. So, uh, listen off the air, and right. you know, thank you so much, and hope to see you again soon. All right, thank you, Paul. Appreciate that. Thank you for dinner that night in Charlotte. Uh, it was it was a good time. It was good. Uh, he was seeking some autographs, but not 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 like really hustling, you know. For it, I think you were kind of there, like ah, we'll see. But it was really more there to catch the vibes of the team being there. Um, good questions on on the defense too. And you said that about defensive line, defensive end. You know, I do think the Cowboys are going to have to make decisions on that. Like, and it kind of starts with all right, Micah is the guy, right? I mean, he's going to be here, and I, I don't think that he. there's any reason why he wouldn't. They're going to, you know, they could sign him to a deal this year. They could they could wait until next season or whatever. But, you know, when you're looking at your defensive ends, and also it starts with the coordinator too. I mean, I doubt a coordinator is going to come in and say, I'm pu- just putting you at linebacker. Uh, I don't see that happening. Uh, I see him playing mostly defensive end, but that does kind of, dictate what you do from there and and you know these guys that that you mentioned fowler's uh, you know unrestricted uh dorrance armstrong was unrestricted and so you know golston you're you're, like you said have he has another year but you know those guys right there they have to be fits for this defense and 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 let's see what happens there um 
you know, I would imagine a guy like Fowler, who's played for Dan Quinn in Atlanta and in Dallas, might be a guy that could be, you know, on the move to, to Washington if, if the Cowboys don't resign him or maybe Dorrance Armstrong as well. So, again, it's a domino effect. It starts with hiring the guy, hiring your defensive coordinator, then figuring out from there what you're going to do with your defensive line coach and just what your personnel is going to look like and what your scheme is going to look like. So hard to answer some of those questions until you kind of get the coordinator in place, but not too early to be looking at these pieces and going, all right, who could come back and who, and who, who could be, you know, moving on to, to other teams. So, all right, let's go to Bruce. He's in Philly. Bruce. Hey, Nick, what's up, man? What's up? Pleasure to be on with you, all man. All right, man. How you doing? Not bad, not bad. Uh, uh, things are tough up here as they are down there for the football team in my hometown, but I'm a huge Cowboys fan. And uh, uh, how did that happen? Because I had a brother who was uh, a huge Steelers fan who was 10 years older than me. First football game I ever saw was a uh, Cowboys Steelers Super Bowl back in 1979. Okay. And just to antagonize him, I rooted for the Cowboys. But what made it stick was, and you probably can remember this because I'm about 50 years old. I am 50. Um, but remember the electric football game? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it used to, it would come, when you would buy it, it would only come with the Super Bowl team. Okay. And remember you used to have to paint the Paint, men. paint yeah, the guys. <laughs> Yeah. The guys, and that's where it hooked me, making the little stars. You know, what what did you use as the football? Because we used a little <laughs> napkin rolled up like, like a little nap. You know, like uh, I remember my dad having a piece of like a paper towel and made that as the football. But you basically, man. Toilet paper, anything. Anything. You do, anything to fit under the it arm, was, right? It was, I mean, it was awesome and yet. Terrible. I mean, when you think yeah, when you think about it, you got your guys all lined up, you painted them, you plug it in or hit hit you know on, and then this vibrating noise, and then they they just go in any direction ever, and it's yeah. like okay, you know. But it, unless you had those special bases where they just went straight, yeah, the guys made them go fast. There's well, a lot of people thinking. listening that are like, "What in the hell are they talking about?" Yeah, but I did yeah, have that. I did have those. Yeah. We had the little men. We we painted them. I, I remember I had a thirty three door set. You know, he was, yeah. Oh yeah, you had to put the numbers on the yeah. back. Those things were so small. Oh if yeah, you a little kid, it'd be hard to use. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, good yeah, stuff. Yeah, but uh, that's uh, so favorite cowboy, of course, is Darren Woodson. Heard him last week. Always love when he's on. Um, he's going to get in. I I really believe that, and he's more than deserving. And I say favor because people in real, he was such a a revolutionary safety, one of really the first safeties who could cover wide receivers. He just did everything so well. I don't remember him having really any weakness in his game at all. So let's hope he gets in. Um, I wanted to talk about just, I think sometimes we get caught up in overanalyzing everything. Because when you look at the Chiefs, if, if if Kansas City was Dallas, right, People tell him, oh, my God, you know, Lamar Hunt or the, the son now, I forget his first mm-hmm. name. But they didn't go out and get a wide receiver. They didn't go out and get this. They didn't do that. I mean, think of all the holes that the Chiefs supposedly had during the regular season, but here they are. So I think when we look at the Cowboys, they are a really good team. They've won 12 games here the last year. People talk about Jerry. Well, he's constructed a great roster. And I think when people, when they talk to him, he tells you exactly what he thinks it's going to take. He said Dak Prescott 
will take us as far as we we will go. Right. And I and I think when I think about greatness, right? Um, I got so I saw the holes this year, really early on, and I thought it was like almost like organizational malpractice when they had. It was unfair for me as a fan watching a rookie safety be put into a linebacker role, and and you're expecting him to play great, and you saw it show up against really good teams. And especially like that Buffalo game, and I thought about it, I'm like, you know, if I was a, a parent and took my kids to see this, that really disappointed me because in those those games where the Cowboys, really you want to see them put their character, their grit, and their toughness on display, it seemed like against really good competition, the Miami game aside, but they really just like if they, they really being competed hard against, sometimes they seem to fold up. Uh, you could say the Los Angeles Chargers game, too. They showed a lot of grit. Um, but I really want to see the team do something different next year in the playoffs when it comes around playoff time because it's got to be to me, and I know that some people downplay the sports psychology of it. And I heard one caller talk about that with Dak. But I think there is something to the so, Cowboys. So, Bruce, at- Bruce, I'm going to ask you, Bruce, what, what is your question? Do you have a question or main comment here? Um, my question is, what do you think that the team could do? And I think it is drastically around playoff time because I think they should sequester the team. Do you think they should do something different, totally different and totally off the wall during playoff time to get this team to respond better from a mental aspect? Mm. Good question. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, Bruce. Uh, appreciate right. the, the call. Um, I uh, didn't mean to cut you off, but that's one thing I'm, I'm going to try to do a little bit more of and try, try to, to move some people along here a little bit. Um, uh, but that that's a good question. I could see oh, coaches are superstitious and they're old school. So number one, they've got to focus on getting to the playoffs. That that's the that's the key. And I know that that may not be your uh, you know the fans' goal, but but it's got to be the goal. I mean, it, it has to be. It has to be the goal to make it to the playoffs. Look at the schedule. The schedule looks like it could be tougher. Um, I'm never one that says, oh, it's going to be harder and all that stuff. Uh, I used to never put a lot of stock in first-place schedule because we're talking about only two games. But now you're talking about three games. Three games where you have to play somebody's number one. And, and, that, and that this year is Detroit, San Francisco, and I believe Houston. Um, those are the three number one you know teams that you're playing because of the schedule you're already going to play baltimore and you're already going to play the other division on i guess that would be the uh north Uh, i mean i'm sorry the um the south of the nfc which would be tampa so you're already going to play them but my point is it's got to get there got to get to the playoffs number one switching it up sure you know like what but but that's the thing but remember what happened last last week, two weeks ago, whenever that was. I mean, the Cowboys are getting criticized because they did switch it up. They did try to run the ball a little bit more early in the game when they've gotten here by passing. They did switch their, their defense and play a lot more zone than they've played all year long, and they got torched. Uh, was that because of an injury? I don't know. The defense coordinator's gone. But, but the point is, is they did switch things up. Now, if you're talking about hotels and, and how they travel and the timing of the meetings and stuff like that. I maybe, you know, I, I don't know if, if that's something 
that that you're referring to but but i think you know it, it's it, there's two sides to it you can say hey you know you, you dance with the girl that you know you know that 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 you went with you know or just totally have a different mindset and shake shake things up uh i would think you try to do a, ba- a little bit of balance of both um you know and and you, you got to the the problem is though is that this team knows that things are different you know they already know that they feel it you know and, and that the the pressure is is enormous so i i would i would think most coaches would say Let's try to keep it as basic as possible and not play into all this that everything is different because that's when you start doing that. That's when you start maybe collapsing under the pressure. I don't know if that's if that's the case. So I don't know if I have a good answer for you. I mean, it, it's it's not a bad thought, but first things first, the Cowboys got to figure out how to get back to the playoffs, and then from there they they'll they'll figure it out. All right. Let's go to a text question here. This is uh, Kyle. He's in East Brunswick, New Jersey. Which Cowboy rookie from the two, uh, 2023 class do you expect the biggest impact in 2024? That's a good question. Uh, I mean, the easy answer there is probably overshone just because he needed linebacker help. He was hurt. You think he's going to find a role in, in there. Uh, his attitude seems great. He's going to be ready to go. Um already like kind of what I've seen from him. I mean, he should be doing a lot of things in the offseason and then training camp. I would think he'll be ready. So um, Overshone is an easy answer there. But as for a guy that's making more of a leap, you know, from what, what we saw, um, I mean, at some point I'd like to see Junior uh, Fajoko do something. You know, he didn't really do anything at all. Uh, he's kind of a, a kind of forgotten guy. I think Austin Richards will, will have a chance to do some things. But you know, I think really what you're asking is, is who's going to do better between Mozzie Smith and Schoonmaker, first and second round, and and uh, I, I would, I would think, I would think Schoonmaker is going to be a pretty good player. I really do, especially if Ferguson continues the the, the route that he's on. I think I think Schoonmaker is also going to going to get some opportunities. His confidence is going to continue to grow. He's going to be bigger, stronger. Going to be a really good blocker. Uh, I, I think I think Schoonmaker is going to going to have a, a chance to be a, a really nice player. And so he would be a guy that I would pick there. All right, let's go to Travis in San Antonio. Hey Nick, how's it going? Good. How you doing, Travis? Pretty good. Can't complain. All right. Um, just wanted to um, – I, I don't think I called last week, but just wanted to bring up something, and we don't have to get into it because um, obviously I respect like uh, your position with the team and whatnot, but the whole Stephen Jones draft story, whether it's true or not true, um, I'm just bringing it up just for context of my question. Um, I tend to – I just tend to, to believe that something like that could be true, I guess is the way I'll say it, because my issue – you know, with them in the past hasn't necessarily been drafting itself, but maybe the self-scouting post-draft, meaning like looking at the roster and going, hey, is this guy better than the, than our guy or is this guy better than what we have and are we willing to upgrade it? And I think a lot of times we've heard, that you know, there were so many memes created with Stephen Jones saying, you know, we like our guys, we like our guys. And I do think somewhat they kind of rely on that because, I mean, obviously every team wants to see their draft picks pan out because it makes you – it makes them look sure. smart, right? It makes you look better. Um, but I do think they've maybe been a little bit too hesitant to go, you know, we can upgrade. Like, this guy hasn't been as good as we want him to be. And case in point, like, I'm the Mozzie guy, like you were just talking about. I can't sit there and say this year, you know, let's not go get a Matabike or go get 
uh, DJ Reader to upgrade the run defense. I'm not giving up on Mozzie, but that doesn't mean you look at it and just go, we'll just roll with it next. Like, we'll just, yeah. you know, he might work. He, he might be better. So I just want to see what you thought about that because, um, you know, cornerback has been us the last two years in a row. And I know I called um, earlier in the season about cornerback and, Jerry saying at the trade deadline, you know, we feel like our team is good. We like where our team is at is obviously not true because if you didn't want to play nation, right? Like they didn't, then you didn't feel good about your fourth corner and losing Gilmore having to change the defense, uh, really kind of upset what they wanted to do. So I just wanted to see what you thought about that. Right. Have a great week. All right. Thank you. You know, but a lot of times though, you, you talk about, you know, you can, criticize the Cowboys for not making moves at the deadline and things like that. But, you know, you, you don't always know what's on the other end of the call. You, you you don't. I mean, you don't you don't know. There's a reason why nobody traded for Derrick Henry, even though everybody thought he was available. Well, maybe he was at the right price for Tennessee, but it was not anyone's price that they wanted to go to. And so same with a corner. I mean, who has a lot of corners that you're just like, oh, all right, we're we're good here. I mean, it, and it's going to cost you some. And if if it's a team that's not going to go anywhere, that means they probably are going to have a high draft pick or they need draft picks. They need to get better, so they'll trade a piece and they try to get you know. And so it, it it's it's rare when you think about how many trades. There's a lot more trades than there used to be, but I bet you there's still way way less trades that ever get executed than they actually that they actually discussed. You know, it, think about it. Just think about it in your fantasy football league. You know, how many trades do you really make that it, that the rest of the league's like, oh, good trade, good trade for both? And somebody's getting fleeced one way or another. It just depends on how much you can deal with it. So I say that about trades, just because they don't make a trade it doesn't mean they're not trying. It doesn't mean that they're they're satisfied with everything they have. It's just who's out there. I mean, there's not a lot of cornerbacks that are just out there ready to go, ready to play. It's 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 rare. And then I, I mentioned that last week. I got asked a little bit about the Stephen Jones thing. I just think that's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It really is. And so you don't know what was said. You don't really know. You don't know what was said on the other end. And just because he, I, I, again, I don't even know. It, I don't even know if that's 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 true at all. Anything close to that being true? Again, I wasn't there. I'm not going to say that. You know, yes or no. But that seems pretty ridiculous to um, that that would would happen. So. Um, uh, it, you know, that's just that's just to me jumping on bandwagon saying, all right, here, here's the problem that that didn't. Ha- I'm just going to say that didn't happen. I, I, I think I'm pretty confident in that. Um, there's a lot of reasons why you could respond a certain way. And if you've ever been in the war room and I have a long time ago, I don't I don't I'm not in there now, but I have been in there before. And it's it's chaotic. OK, there's a lot happening. So just because you didn't hear a certain thing, let's don't jump to conclusions about what it means for the team, it's it's really kind of stupid. All right, um, let's go and Joe uh, Joe in Stamford. Hey Nick, in the vehicle again. So I didn't catch a lot of what was said. Uh, um, got my seatbelt on today though, so we're good. good to go. Good. That's uh, that's always good. Good way to good, good way to start there. You never know. I actually, no. I actually know some people. I know a, a patrol officer there in that area of Stanford and Abilene. So be careful. All right, they don't play around. No, they don't, especially in Jones County. You, you ain't lying about that. <laughs> so, uh, first of all, I want to say happy anniversary. Uh, you know, I've known uh, your wife since the late 80s that I can remember, and I know that she is beautiful and kind, and you are a lucky man. All so, right. Thank you. I am. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. Uh, 
So I, I wanted to talk about Mike Zimmer. Um, I don't think the Cowboys could make a better choice. You know, some people, you know, want to contrast his um, style with Dan Quinn's, and I would say there definitely is a difference in style. And I think X's and O's wise, they probably are comparable as far as their quality and experience. But you know, the hard nosed attitude that Mike Zimmer would bring to this team, I think, is exactly what's needed. Um, Second, I want to say uh, rooting for Darren Woodson this weekend and travel safe to the Super Bowl, brother. All right. Thank you so much, Joe. Appreciate that. Uh, man, we're all fingers crossed on, on Darren Woodson uh, making it this year. And uh, I haven't really looked at all of the people, uh, all of the the class and the finalists. It didn't seem like a really strong class. Um and that kind of scares me, actually, a little bit, because I feel like there's an order, a pecking order that I, I feel like, and I've kind of heard this somewhat, that the voters, the Hall of Fame voters, feel like they've made some mistakes over the years. And, and, they, they, and one of the reasons that they feel that way is that they let a lot of guys in first ballot. And by doing that, by making them first ballot, it's pushed a lot of other players by the wayside and then they've got some guys that are senior you know you know the senior level and all that that have that are still you know it's been 25 30 years or whatever so i feel like they're trying to change that up a little bit and that was evident a couple years ago with the marcus wares class i mean you 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 gotta be kidding me that that he wasn't a first ballot but i i think that the number one the voters are really really trying to make it I mean, just it, it's it's got to be very rare to be a first ballot Hall of Famer now. Um, they're trying to make that uh, a, you know very uh, exclusive group, but by doing that, I think I think it's pushed some players you know back now, and so they're trying to kind of change that up. So we'll see if it's if it's Woody's turn. If if it's not, then it'll be next year. If it's not, it'll be the year. I, mean, I think it's going to happen. I just I hope it's this year because uh, it would be awesome if that was the case. Uh, Mike Zimmer was the first part of your question, and that would be different if he was here. It would be different than what these players are used to. I mean, Dan Quinn. He, he, he gets after it, but I think in a different way. I think he's more of a, you know, kind of a buddy to, the, to these guys. I, I mean, Parsons, Micah Parsons called him an uncle, you know, um, the other day. But uh, I don't think anyone's called that about Mike Zimmer. I don't think he's viewed that way. Uh, he's, he's, he'll get after you um, big time and not really worried about your feelings. Um, old school coach and it's not old school anymore, you know, so you kind of wonder how, how that, that would work. But uh, I thought what Darren Woodson said the other day about one of the worst things, it was good for him, but it was one of the worst things he experienced was going through every bad play he had for a season and letting Zimmer go through it with him. You know, I thought that, that was, but that's, that's what, you know, that's what you, you need. You need to, this constructive criticism to the highest level. And so even, even for the really best players, you know, that needs to happen. That needs to happen with Micah Parsons this year. It needs to happen with with Tank Lawrence, with you know, with Deron Bland. You know, we're talking about Pro Bowlers. We're talking about guys that are in, you know, going to be at the red carpet for Player of the Year. But I mean, Deron Bland gave up some plays. Micah Parsons gave up some plays. So I think that that needs to happen. I think Zimmer's the type of guy that that would that would help with that. And the, what I love the most, if it if it if they go that route, is I've already seen versatility 
in him. I've seen a guy that's 4-3, and then he had to switch to 3-4, and he was just as good. So I've seen a guy that can play some different things. He also had Anthony Barr in Minnesota. Anthony Barr was, was a player that went to four Pro Bowls uh, before he was with Dallas. I mean, he was a really, really good player before some injuries. And I think it, you want a guy... Uh, you want a coordinator that's had some pass, elite pass rushers like a Micah Parsons and knows how to move him around a little bit. So that would be something good, I think, that would come out of that. All right, let's go to a text question here. Kevin in Virginia, where's your gut feeling on Leighton Vanderesh returning or retiring? Your gut feeling on who's the next D.C.? And sorry if you've already discussed as I'm unable to watch or listen live. All right, well, thanks, Kevin. Um, gut feeling on D.C., I mean... I, I again, I, it would be surprising to me if it was Zimmer, but then, but then it, it also makes the most sense. So because he can play different schemes, he's got a history coaching against Mike McCarthy for years in the with the Packers and Vikings, and then obviously his history here. So I say it would, it would, it makes sense, but it's just hard. It's hard to imagine that. I mean, it's hard to think that that, that would be the case. But of the candidates, <clears throat> sorry, of the candidates, I kind of like that one the best. And then gut feeling on Leighton Vanderbush returning. I don't I don't think he is. I don't know. But I I don't really don't know that. I don't know how the progress is going, but he's got a lot of neck injuries and he's had neck injuries for a while. Um it's it just doesn't this is just me. You're asking me. I'm just gonna tell you. I don't think it would it makes the most sense. Uh, it, it, it's where there's smoke, there's fire. And there's been a lot of smoke around this neck injury. I mean, really, it's just every year. And it's the same thing, and it happens. And he comes back some, and then he gets hurt again. And, and you know, his way of life, and I think he just had a baby and all that. I, I, I My gut feeling is that he probably won't come back. Um, but then again, this is me not knowing what the doctors are telling him, how the healing process is going. I just know that even when he has come back last year, two years ago, he's been sidelined again for the same things. And that is scary, especially since you're talking about a neck. Um, I, if, if I had to guess and, and, and bet, which we're not allowed to do, but I would say probably not. That's just me uh, speculating. And you know how, you know how, what happens when you speculate too much. So that's just my opinion. All right. Well, let's go to Rob in Vegas. Hey, Nick. What's up? What's going on in Vegas? To, oh, it's it's awful. It's been raining. It's going to rain till Friday. Really? And it's about fifty degrees. The weather's mm. been terrible. Mm. Yeah, right. didn't know that. Uh, yeah, yeah. So if you you want to come to sunny Las Vegas, you may have to wait a week. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll I'll uh, be there. Uh, I'll be there tomorrow. Actually, tomorrow and then and Thursday. Thursday, I'll be in Radio Row, walking around, seeing if I can see any of our guys and. It's always crazy. I don't know if you guys have ever been to Radio Row, but it's it's pretty awesome. Just because you turn turn around, you you don't know who you're going to see. Um, Is that going to be at the stadium? I think it's in one of the hotels, but I'm really not okay. not sure. I, I should know this. I mean, I I have a packet of some things. I just haven't really looked through it. Usually not at the stadium. It's at the Bellagio. Okay, there you go, Chris. Oh, the Bellagio. Yeah, it's or the buffet. It, the buffet's really good there. All right, it's um, usually at a really big convention center, you know, and all that. So, yeah, uh, I'm, that's not where I'm staying, but uh, obviously, but um, but yeah, that that'll be it'll be fun. I mean, I just remember last year. Oh, there's Joe Montana. Oh, that's cool. Like. There's Earl Campbell sitting next to Tony Dorsett doing an interview. Like, wow. Like, 
you know, that, that's just, it was just just awesome for a, for a football fan, for a sports fan. You know, and you don't even know. You see actors. You, you don't know who you're going to see. It's pretty cool. Could see Rob in Vegas, you know? You would, yeah, I'll, I'll come over there. Yeah. I think there. I think people think your first name is Robin. You know, I think it is. Robin Vegas. Rob. You're, you're, like, a, you're like a character now. Right? What do you got? What do you got, no, man? It's awesome. You know, you're talking about Mike Zimmer, and I think, listen, how, how, I, what I love about Mike Zimmer is two of the greatest Cowboys, Deion Sanders and Darren Woodson, endorses him. So that's True. that's that's pretty good right like there. Like that, yeah. That's a good start. Uh, I, you know, and, and let's be honest. Whoever comes for the interview, the first thing I ask them is, what are you going to do with Micah Parsons so he doesn't fade at the end of the year? And where are we playing him? Because to me, I think he should be Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa is six foot four, two sixty five. Micah is what six two, two forty five. I would turn around and say, I need you to go to 265. You're going to be a defensive end. Because the, I, when we move him back and forth to linebacker, it doesn't work because we have no linebackers. So now you take him off the defensive line, we lose the pass rush. We move him to the defensive right. line, we lose. So let's face it. He, we talked about this. He wants to be on the line. In today's NFL, uh, you have to affect the quarterback. He's the only guy on our team that consistently does it. But I would say to him, I need you to go to 265, and that's where you get, move him up and down the defensive well, line. And you said this about – you said Nick Bosa, right? Yeah. That's who you want because that's the problem. He is that. He is that for this team, but there's no Fred Warner. No, that, no, I, I agree. But, that's, you know, you, you, you can't play defensive end at 245 pounds. You just can't. Right. Like we talked, he, he does it in October – he does it in September, December, and January. He he he, fought, he, he disappears because he's just worn down. Yeah. So I, I I think this team, if you're going to invest like we think, maybe thirty million a year, then that's what he needs to do. And I and I think the Mike Zimmer or you know maybe a week Martindale, but I'm I I like Mike Zimmer. He needs to take this team, the defense, and be more blue collar defense instead of a flash defense. They have to take as much pride as in stopping the run exactly. as they do rushing the passer. And that's the problem with this team. That, you're right. You're 100% right. You, that, that is the problem with this team. And, and it, you know, they, it starts. They don't want it. They don't have the will. Well, I mean. It, and, and, and that's not their fault. That's Dan Quinn's fault. As much as we like Dan Quinn, and yeah. you, know, you know, he's one of the guys. And like you said, uh, Michael calls him his uncle. That's a detriment, too, because Sam Williams never fixed the the penalty problem, and he was still on the field. You still had too many defensive penalties in the in the backfield that we've seen that killed us. So as as much as I like Dad Quinn, he brought the maybe the interceptions and the turnovers. He never fixed the run. Yeah. He never fixed the discipline. And I wanted Belichick only because of the discipline factor. Well, if I can't get him and I keep Mike McCarthy, I'm good with that. If I could bring in a, a disciplined guy on defense, yeah. and, and you know that's what Mike Zilla is. He don't yeah. mess around. He doesn't mess around. No. Rob, appreciate the call. Anything else? Are you good? You got it. All right, man. Thank I'm you. I'm good, and uh, I hopefully have a good time in Vegas, and I'll see if I get down, and you never know. If I see you, yeah, I'll, I'll yell out. All right, all right. And, you, and, I, and I'll know exactly. If I hear you talking, I'll know. Oh, there, there's Rob. There's Rob in Vegas. <laughs> uh, thanks for the call. Great. Appreciate that. Um, you know, another thing I like about – about Zimmer, and this was this happened before he was a head coach, but 
But you know, I mean, he he's been a head coach. I mean, he's been a coordinator for a long time, and he was a coordinator, you know, under Bill Parcells, you know, and, and he he was able to work, you know, and do his thing, even even though you're not the head coach, and you, and you get people's respect. And so, um, I think that, that that's a good thing. I'm not I'm not I'm not saying McCarthy is Parcells or anything like that. I'm just saying I think you know you hear Woodson talk about him. You hear you know Dion has talked about him, and you know he wasn't their head coach; he was their coordinator. And so I think he can gain a lot of respect for that and sometimes I've heard coaches say this before that even when they become head coaches they kind of miss being the actual you know a position coach or a coordinator just more hands-on because when you're the head coach you you hear everyone's problem and it's not just on the field it's all the equipment staff trainer staff video department I mean anybody's got a problem you know it goes to the to the head coach and so sometimes I think coaches that go back to being coordinators that's really what they do well so um, if, if that is the case um, I think it'll be definitely something fun to watch all right um, we're going to before I let me get before I get to the next call, I just want to say this. I talked a little bit about doing some some homework over the last few days, and if you know me at all, I'm a stat geek. I love stats. I love media. I want a media guide of my own life. I want to know which fast food restaurant I've been to the most, and which movie I've seen the most, or whatever it is. I just love stats on anything. So when the season was over, I did some stats and some research on. Some of the callers, how many callers we've had and, and who, you know, who's called the most and all that stuff. You know, I, I like to do the states and I thought we had all the states covered. I really did. I was like calling out states. I was like, oh, why, you know, Wyoming, Montana, New Hampshire, Vermont. Where are you? Alaska, you know. Well, one that, that I guess I just overlooked and, and, and this is from what my research says is that we've never had a call from Massachusetts. So I did 49 states, and I don't have any on my list. I got over 300 callers, which I think is amazing. Guys, that, that's, that's unbelievable. 325 different callers. And that's just since I've been taking notes in early September. There's about a two or three weeks after training camp came back that I didn't, I didn't have my notes. So I may, maybe I've missed one. Maybe I've missed one from, from Massachusetts, but I, haven't, I don't see one. So I'm calling out Massachusetts now. Don't have a call there from the, the Boston area. Um, but another thing that I, that I did see is that um, there's about there's about five or six callers that have really just on their own little level. Um, there's about there's about 20 that have called, I think, you know, more than 10. But there's five or six. And they're all pretty much called here on this show. We've got uh, we've we got uh, Travis in San Antonio. He's up there. Joe in Stanford was the you know the originator, and then uh, and then Rob in Vegas came in, and then this guy, the next caller here, Brian in Kansas City, he's called more than anybody. Brian in Kansas City, he's called the most. He's calling again today, Brian. What's up? Hey Nick, how are you? Good. How are you doing? Man, when you said earlier about the stats, I'm like, hey, I wonder if I'm, I wonder if I'm on that list. Oh my God, yeah, you, you're actually causing me problems because uh, because the screen doesn't go that far on my Excel spreadsheet. I'm like, there's another one. There's another Brian in Kansas City. I'm like scrolling over because I mean, yours just goes so far off the page. I think, uh, but hey, this is not a. I, I'm I'm joking. It's not a problem. I appreciate you guys that call the most and. Uh, uh, we've changed time slots, and I still think you've called almost every time. So, uh, and uh, it's been awesome. And you also bring some trivia and some history to it, which I love too. So, 
Yeah, you're the guy for that. So yeah. I always when I when I watch one of these old games, I'm like, hey, there's a guy I'm going to ask Nick about. Do it. Yeah, love yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so I got a question about just what you've seen because you've been you've been with the Cowboys in, in an official capacity for what 25 years 25 now. 25 years. That's right. 25. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you know, back when Parcells came on board, nobody would have given a damn what the players thought about hiring Bill Parcells. Right. And obviously that's changed now because you got a guy like Belichick that didn't get a job and, and uh, Brable didn't get a job and these real hard nosed guys. So I'm just curious and you know, what you think about, um, you talked about it a little bit already, but you know, bringing, bringing Zim in here, Zim is, and he probably doesn't say a sentence without a cuss word and yelling at somebody. And, you know, they always had a hard time with his press conferences, yeah. you know, in, in Minnesota, because he, he's not, he's not a real warm, fuzzy, cordial guy. Yeah. And, and so I'm just curious, you know, you got the, and, and on one of the earlier shows, they were using Mike as the example. I don't, you know, Mike is, Mike is a, a unique person, but, just the modern NFL player, the guy that's got his own opinions, you know, he's got his own brand with, with the linebacker used to say that all the time. Wow. Jalen Smith. Yeah. You know, they're all, all about my own brand and my, you know, it just what you've seen over the years. And where is that going with, can you bring in a guy who's talented like Zimmer Mm -hmm. and still make it work? And then for my old time player, I got to watch one of the one of the games that I had forgotten about somebody who stepped in and helped us win a Super Bowl, Ray Donaldson. Oh, and I'll man. hang up I'll yeah. hang up and listen, brother. It's good to talk to you again. You too. All right, thank you, Brian. Ray Donaldson. Wow. I mean, that was one where, you know, veteran free agent right there where, you know, they had Stepnoski at center. And then Stepnoski, you know, I think people kind of think that maybe Stepnoski was there this whole time, you know, there in the 90s when he really, he was there for two. And then he left in free agency when, when that really got going around 94. And uh, he went to Houston, the Oilers. And then uh, and Ray Donaldson, they stepped in and got Ray Donaldson at center. And he was a two-time Pro Bowler. And, you know, he had played for the Colts for so many years. And so he comes right in. And, I mean, yeah, didn't I, – again, I didn't cover the team then. But, I know, it was just one of those. It was a really good underrated pickup because he put – he came in. And I think Nate Newton has talked about him just how – just, just what a professional he was, you know. And, and I think that offensive line about that time needed some of that a little bit. Uh, a guy that would come in and, you know, just kind of like Stepnowski, really kind of no nonsense, didn't say a lot, and, and, and really strong. So, yeah, he was um, he, he's an underrated free agent signing that, that I don't think gets a, a lot of attention there. Um, some of the other stuff you talked about, though, you know, I, I, again – it's uh, I I don't know why those guys haven't gotten jobs. You mentioned Belichick and, and Vrabel. I I you know it's I don't know if it's just a players thing. I mean, you know, I mean, Vrabel. I never really understood the Vrabel fascination there. Um, you know, he took over a team in Tennessee that that it was in the playoffs, and then over a few years they're not. And uh, so you know his record wasn't that great. And you know, and, and the thing about Belichick, again, great greatest coach of all time. I, I would think. I think you put him in there. But I there's there's got to be people that are looking at his record without Brady as well. You know, his record without Brady is not as good as McCarthy's record without Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I know that. So, you know, that that right there just again, I'm, 
I'm not I'm not comparing those two guys. All I'm saying is is that I think there there's a reason why, and I don't know all of them, but there's there's some reasons why that that maybe Belichick didn't didn't get some uh, jobs right now, and, and you know maybe he's asking for more than what teams were, were wanting, maybe you know financially or just you know from from a power standpoint. I I don't know. I don't know all that. But what you did ask was about Zimmer. Could he could he relate to these guys, particularly Micah Parsons? And you know, I've said this. The other day, we saw some comments that were made about Micah Parsons, and his brother got involved, his mother got involved, and I uh, really liked what she said. And this guy wants to win more than anyone. That's what she said. And I'm saying, hey, I'm going to give Micah the benefit of the doubt. And I believe that. And if that is true, then it, it'll be all right if, if a coach gets after you uh, for making a mistake now and again. You, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. It's happened. You can deal with it. Because this coach wants to win, and he wants you to win. So I'm going to say all that. If that's what the way these players really are, including Micah Parsons, and they want to go out and win, then let's get a coach that will do that. And maybe maybe he says words that you won't, you won't hear in church, but it's okay. It's, it's, it's football. And as, as the late Jim Garrett said, it's not the Boy Scouts. Okay, This is the NFL. So, I mean, if, if that's how the coach is, that's how it is. They've heard it before, and and whatever it takes. And I think in in this in this you know, and I say whatever it takes. You guys know what I mean. I mean, but I I think a coach that that's that gets fiery like that is something that these guys maybe it's good for this team uh, because they need to change one way or another. This has to change. Nobody's excited about twelve and five and losing in the playoffs. No one's excited about that. So you're not changing the coach. You're not changing the quarterback. You're changing the defense. You need to make a change here. That's why I don't think. I think it's good that that it's not, you know, Joe Witt Jr. You know, I mean, who's a guy that's been under Dan. We don't we don't need that. You need something completely different. And maybe that you know that's why they're kind of looking uh, on the outside there. All right, Jeff in North Carolina. Next caller. What's going on, Nick? My man, what's up? Not much. Happy anniversary. Thank you, man. How are I'm you? I'm a little bit more calmer. I'm a little bit calmer today. <laughs> Good. I was really excited when I got to talk to Darren Woods. Oh, well, yeah, that. of course. Yeah, and, cool. I, and I don't know if I'm up. I don't know if I've got up to ten calls yet. I'm probably pretty close. You're you're but, you're really uh, you're right there. You're right there. And uh, again, I'm, two I'm the two o'clock time slot actually works a little bit better for me because. Good. The 11 o'clock, I'm usually driving, still on my route. But by this time, I'm pretty much done with my route, and and uh, I got a little bit said, more time. You said you were laying the asphalt, right? Huh? Gravel? No, no, I don't lay. I don't lay asphalt. I have a. I have a. I'm a route driver. I have a, a route that I deliver stuff every day. Oh, okay, yeah. I got you. Yes, yeah, so, I got but, you. But, but I was going to tell you, I'm kind of warming up a little bit to to Mike Zimmer. I, um, uh, I kind of like Aiden Dirty too. I hear a lot of good things about him, but. But I feel like that Jerry is probably wants somebody with head coach experience, and uh, uh, he seems to to value that in his uh, coordinators. And mm-hmm. um, but I do I do hear a lot of good things about Dirty, and uh, uh, I think I'm saying his name right. Dirty, yeah, that's dirty, right. Adding, uh, adding dirty. Yeah, Aiden Dirty. So, but um, but we'll see how how it shakes out. But. Um, um, I have a random player for you. All right. Um, I I was watching, you know, over the weekend. You know, they have the little thirty minute oh, Super Bowl highlight I watched, shows. I watched. I watched all of those. Yes. <laughs> well, watched, not uh, all I, of them. I, I've seen them all many times, but but I, I was watching super, the the Super Bowl five show, mm. and they talk about Drew Pearson being the original eighty eight, but there was an eighty eight there, and it looked to me like his name was Reggie Rucker. Is that? 
Was is that was that who that was? Was that the same Reggie Rucker that went on to play for the Browns later, or is it somebody different? <sighs> you know, you got you got me on that. I thought in that time, I thought the '88 was a guy named Sellers, but I. Uh, well, I remember that. I remember that name too. So this, I. This looked like just looking at watching the show. Yeah. I tried to get, I tried to catch it as he run by me. Hey, like hey, that you Rucker. there it is, Reggie Rucker, 1970 <laughs> to 71. I was way wow. off. Ron Sellers was in that? 72. <laughs> I, I, I'm completely off there. Um, How about that? There you go, man. Reggie Rucker, 70 to 71. Finally found one you weren't sure about. I, yeah, I didn't I didn't know about that one. Uh, I, I remember him playing for the Browns, if it's the same guy. Maybe he played for the Browns later. Maybe. maybe. maybe but, yeah, but, you uh, got me on that one, man. I I, I don't know. I didn't know. Uh, I knew there uh, Ron Sellers there in 72. I figured, you know, maybe he was there. He only played one year, right. Ron Sellers. So. Yeah, right. Yep. So, got All me. right, man. Well, I'm pulling for Darren. Stumped. I hope, uh, hope, yep. hope he gets in this time. And uh, But I, I will enjoy yourself in Las Vegas and uh, – and we'll talk to you next All week right. or something. Thank you, Jeff. Appreciate have, that. Have a good day, bud. You too. Love talking to Jeff. I, I just, I mean, this just seems like a, if he ever gets mad, I, I don't know if I want to see it, but, uh, you know, you just don't, you, I don't ever expect that. You just always got a good attitude. All right. Um, let's go to, speaking of, I, I would think a good attitude, just if, if weather, if, if weather ever affects your attitude. Then I'm guessing that Lewis in Honolulu, Hawaii, is always in pretty good, pretty good spirits. Lewis, <laughs> hey Nick, first time calling, man. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Here we go. go. Yeah, yeah. Here we go. Uh, first of all, yeah, happy uh, anniversary. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. How's that weather? Uh, unfortunately, we got a lot of wind. You know how it winds uh-huh. right now. Okay. Yeah, but it's, hey, but you still can't beat us Hawaii, huh? Yeah. Oh man, yeah. pretty awesome. I, yeah, I lived here for about thirty years. I'm originally from Galveston, Texas. Oh yeah. So did you ever go to the Pro Bowl? Oh, all the time. All I the time. Yeah, uh, escorted. Yeah, she escorted the players. Really? That's the uh, short story. Yeah, go for I it. I like Tom Brady and hanging out with me. Spent the whole day with me. Really? Yeah, and he uh, ended up and he mailed me his Pro Bowl jersey autograph. Wow. Yeah, real nice guy. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty awesome. So, uh, but, uh, I kind of I never went to that game. I went to the games when they were, you know, here in the state or the mainland. Uh, but yeah, I didn't. Um, I never went to that. Uh, but I, I, I'm one of those that kind of I wish there still was a Pro Bowl game. But, but then again, you know, you say that, and then the, your favorite player tears his ACL in, in early February, and you're like, oh yeah, this is not worth it. This is not so. And and right. and it's probably going to happen here, you know, with some of the things these guys are doing. You know, even in the right. Pro Bowl games, they're not getting tackled, but they're still jumping around, doing stuff, dodgeball. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it's going to happen. Yeah. And, and then, you know, you're going to get an injury on that. But, you know, mm-hmm. it, it was entertaining for me to watch it. But, yeah, it, it would have been cool to, gone, to go to Hawaii and see some of that. Yeah, I thought – did you come down in 2018 for the preseason game? Yes, Yes. Yeah, I saw you. I saw you. Oh, I, yeah. I actually met you guys over at the uh, Memorial. Oh, okay. Man, it was yeah, yeah. so hot down on that field. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't believe how hot it was there, on the, just down, down on that turf. I remember the uh, Cowboys had a running back, number 36, that was making a lot of plays. You remember that guy? 36, 36. Yeah. Ah. It's kind of a trick question. 
It was Tony. Yeah. It was Tony oh, Pollard. He, oh yeah, 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 yeah. He yeah, didn't yeah, switch yeah, jerseys yet. Yeah. It was the game. It was yeah. the year that that Zeke was on. Um, was holding out, right. and uh, right. that was the game right. that Jerry said Zeke who after Pollard's you know game, right. jokingly right, of course. Right. But uh, yeah, Good. yeah, because I uh, I got to meet all you guys, and uh, actually yeah, Pollard gave me a hug. Matter of fact, wow. So yeah, I got to meet all you guys. I took my grandson mainly to meet us, and he met Jerry and met everybody. It was oh, awesome. cool. That's good. Yeah, it was awesome. What you think, Lewis? But uh, uh, I'll be honest with you, I'm still hurting, man. <laughs> I'm still hurting, bro, because uh, I'm surrounded by Niner fans out here, the coworkers, and uh, yeah, I'm still hurting, bro. Yeah. So yeah, I was. I really thought we'd make a, a harder push this year. But yeah, we all I, did. Yeah, I think uh, you know we all know the problem. There's mainly discipline and penalties and stuff. So uh, hopefully, well, I'm putting it for Mike Zimmerman. So if he can get in and tighten some things up, hopefully that'll help. But this schedule next year, oh, it's scary. It, yeah, it looks that way. I mean, it definitely does. Yeah. It definitely looks that way, especially because this. The you never know how teams are going to be, but right. but. You do play the AFC North, and all yeah. of those teams, they want to fight. I mean, like, you know, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, yeah. the Cle- Cleveland, yeah. the Bengals. The yeah. Bengals are getting their quarterback back. I mean, those teams mm-hmm. are – It's those are four tough games. So Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Houston at home, that, that's probably going to be tough. You know, that's your five mm-hmm. AFC games right there, and then you get it, you know. Right. So, uh, Washington yeah. – I mean, Washington, that's going to be – Tough, I, I, you know, it usually, well, it usually is a little bit tougher than what it was this year. But I, I bet you that they're going to be better. You know, we'll right, see where they drafted right, quarterback. Right. But you're, you're right, like you said, it, it's just going to be the schedule does look tough. But you know, I'm not, I'm not dismissing the fact that the Cowboys are a good team as well. Like, like you know, oh, like, yeah. oh, that, that's the thing I think gets lost sometimes. Like, oh, the way they right. way it ended, like same old Cowboys. Well. If it's the same old Cowboys, then then they're going to be a pretty good team that probably makes the playoffs. But uh, right. I, I understand that the goal is higher. Right, right. Yeah. I think yeah, we'll make a strong push. They tighten some things up. Yeah, we can make a strong push. Lewis, what's your number one thing you think the Cowboys needed? What position do you think they need to fix the most? Ah, uh, I well, I, it, it got to be center. I mean, because. I like him, but he's getting pushed back, mm-hmm. and he's doing it. He's fighting. He fights. I give him that. But he's getting pushed back in Dax a lot too many times. I mean, uh, we need somebody that's uh, a little stronger that can anchor down. Don't disagree. So, cause, yeah, because uh, I miss our boy. Uh, but, yeah, Frederick. we need center. Yeah, I miss Frederick. Yeah, yeah. yeah for like sure. Said, he can get, Frederick can get to the second level. Yeah, he's smart as I don't know what too. So true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a you know, and and I think that was that was kind of the hope that you know you draft a right. you draft you had Frederick and then you you know you draft Biotis, same school right. a school from Wisconsin that that prides themselves right. on their offensive right. line, you know, and as a but you know the, the it's again first round pick fourth round pick it, it's yeah. you usually get what you get. I mean there there are some Dax there's I mean there's Jay Ratliff you can go list goes on and yeah. on. But you right. use Tom Brady, but you usually get what you get, and you know, and, right. I, and I think the Cowboys are gonna if they're gonna upgrade at center, they're gonna have to you know put a little bit more resources there than they That's have it. before. That's so, it. all right, Lewis, thanks for the call. 
Oh, yeah, man. I finally got through, and uh, I'm going to try again. All right. Do that. Do that for sure. Good hearing from you. All right. That was Lewis in, care, in Hawaii. Uh, we got another first-time caller. We got Joe in Detroit. Detroit. Joe, you there? Chris? Joe, you there? I'm here. What's up, man? How you doing? Good. How are you? Good. First-time call? First-time caller. I think <laughs> On DallasCowboys.com since I was a kid. Oh, so, nice, nice. I've been writing. I've been writing on DallasCowboys.com since I was a kid. So <laughs> I think so. I think when you're 23, I think you're a kid. I was 23 years old, right out of college. Thought I knew everything, but I didn't. I didn't know anything. So, uh, what's up, man? Well, you know, I was listening to some of the callers, and I think a lot of them really hit it on the head with discipline on defense. Mm-hmm. One thing I know for sure, um, every year I like just sit down and I think about it and I say, be realistic with myself. How do I really feel about the team? And even though we're coming off 12 and 5, 12 and 5, 12 and 5, I told myself it worries me that we're the most penalized team in the league. I said, I got to be realistic. We can't run the ball that well. Right. Well, if we're in the playoffs, man, and we happen to go on the road and weather is not in our favor, can we count on the team to run the football and not make silly penalties that are going to cost us? And I was those things didn't sit well with me. Yeah. So I was kind of just going with it, trying to wing it, and hope something good happened. But they're just not disciplined when it matters the most. And I think if they can get Mike Zimmer to come in here and gather some of these younger guys and say, listen, you're talented, you're, the spotlight is on you, you guys are going to be making a bunch of money with these second contracts coming up, but you got to dig down deep when it matters. Like Dan Quinn sitting in the booth, I understand the concept, but, dude, you're in the playoffs. Your team is struggling. You need to rally your guys. You need to talk to your guys. Get a feel for them. Look them in the eyes. We were missing that. So I'm hoping Zimmer takes a different approach if he gets hired. If not, we need somebody that can bring strong nose, just tough defense. Get these guys out of their own heads, man, and just let them play fast and, and hard. Yeah. You, know? you know, I don't know how many defensive coordinators are sitting in the booth. Um, it seems like it's rare, though. It seems like there's more of them on the field. Like for that reason you just said, getting a feel for the game, getting face-to-face conversations. Um, you know, and we, we know there's technology, there's phones and all that, but I'm kind of with you there. Uh, yep. Being da- being down there, being in, 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 you know, in the middle of it all. Yeah, you, you see better up top. There's no doubt about that. But there's nothing like being on the sideline. I'm sorry. I mean, there, there's nothing like it. So I kinda, I'm kind of i with you on that. Again, I'm you know, and, and I don't want to poke holes in, in Dan Quinn and say it was this, it was that, and all that. But like we said, and, and I think you agree, and everyone kind of agrees, it's got to be something. We got to change something here. So I think him leaving, like I've said before, I I, I wasn't as concerned with that because I know something's got to got to happen here. So maybe a different coordinator, a different voice can change some some things around. Like, yeah. the, the fact that I'm just sitting there and we're playing a seven seed, 
and I get that they're hot, but you're a number two seed at home, and you've pretty much dominated at home for almost three years. You can't let a guy coming into his first full year as a starter, I mean, for crying out loud, third down, dropping back on his back foot and just throwing a laser in the end zone for a touchdown and put you up 21 points, it was demoralizing. It was demoralizing. Well, and Joe, like, it sounds like you're over on. it now. It sounds like you've definitely gotten over the game. <laughs> <laughs> it was just, you know. I know I, yes, I'm, yes, yeah. I get it. No, I, I, I get it. You're right. It's uh. I'm you know, you know whose name I, I haven't heard once in, in these calls because I, I do. I, you have anything else, Joe? I, are you good? One last thing. Yeah, go for it. One last thing. The look that I saw in Dak Prescott's eyes after throwing that interception at pick six. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you noticed how he just froze. Like he didn't even chase after the defender. He just froze. Somebody from that front office needs to grab Dak Prescott and put their arm around him and say, all this pressure, 26, 27 years, it's not all on you. I get what he's trying to do, right? But it's not all on him. Like, let the kid play football. I think he's got an enormous amount of pressure on him. It was bad enough, the whole Romo saga and everything, and I love Tony Romo. Probably my second favorite cowboy behind Aikman all time. Mm Mm-hmm. But the, the situation, it, it was a lot of pressure from the get-go. Somebody's just going to have to let him know, like, listen, just play with a little bit less pressure. Do your thing. Just go out there, play football. Pretend it's your rookie year, no expectations. Go out there, let it rip, and hopefully they get a run game to help him out. And All right. All right. Spring, man. Appreciate we'll do it. Thanks for the call, Joe. Yes, yeah. Sir. I I just... Yeah, I, I don't know about the about the pressure. I mean, it, it is. I mean, I always the quote I can that I hear Jason Garrett say all the time, and it's true on this one. I mean, it, it comes with the dinner. It, 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 this, you know, the pressure it comes. It, it, it's it, when you order this dinner, this is what you get. And uh, you know, I don't know if anyone telling him that is going to change anything. It, it just, it, it just is. And um, you know, he. I, I don't know. I it's 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 I'm dumbfounded really with the way way it is with with uh, with Dak and how how he's played and 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 what happened in in the playoffs and and all that. I I think it was uh, they were shocked from the beginning and and they just all just collectively were all on the same page. That 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 that's the problem. The offense, defense, and special teams were all on the same page. But they weren't on the same book. They weren't even on the the right shelf. That's the thing and of where the Packers were. And so they could be on the same page, and they all played like crap. And that's just putting it nicely. And so it wasn't all on Dak. wasn't all on Dan Quinn in his defense. wasn't all on special teams. It was just they were just com- – com- they just played together, together like crap. And that's what happened, and that's what we're going to have to deal with until, until the draft and training camp and all that stuff. I mean, that game's going to be sitting there. So, uh, all right, let's go to Bruce in Houston. Hey, Nick. What's up, Bruce? It's so eloquently uh, put. <laughs> Crap. Hey. And hey. you know what? I think that's a good thing. Yeah. I, I, I hope they stew all stinking 
you yeah. know, off season. Yeah. I know it would be me, but, um, you know, I was listening to, uh, the players lounge and, and, and some of them like, uh, Zimmer or, or even, uh, uh, Rivera, uh-huh. but they're afraid because of their age that they can't get to these younger players. And of course we, as fans, I'm 62 years old. So I'm like, you know, we want, we want the old guy, you know, somebody in there to yeah. not cuss at them and still treat them like a man. But I mean, okay. So you do get cussed at. I've been cussed at before. Yeah. You know, my, my dad always told me, a uh, a pat on the back is three feet from a good swift kick in the behind. And sometimes that's what old boy needs. You know yeah. what I mean? Sometimes it happens uh, in the same, in the same hour. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. Now, it's, I don't know if they're, I, you're around more of the players, you know, and I know it's totally different. I mean, they can only do so many workouts because of the players association and, you know, the two days are gone. Uh, the old football days. That's why you won't ever see Parcells or Jimmy Johnson coaching again. Cause they couldn't coach today's players. And maybe maybe I answered my question right there with yeah. Timber and Ron Rivera, but I would prefer to see them because – and I think Mike McCarthy, if he gets to have any say on this, because they played like crap, mm-hmm. they all deserve just a one-year contract. And Dak needs to be – his contract needs to be in such a way where he's got one year. Prove it to me. If not, hey, we get a comp pick from him and we move on with either Lance or – our draft or quarterback this year, you know, it's all going to tell come uh, free agency of what, which way that their chips are in, so to speak. But right, right. it wouldn't, you know, I think that's what we need to just stop the run is a, a Zimmer type coach, but maybe you could talk about that. I don't know if, yeah. if these tape type players would listen to that or not, but you know, I'll hang up and listen. All Good right. show, Nick. I appreciate it. Thank you, Bruce. Bruce is another one up there that was up there at the top when I, when I did my spreadsheet and sorted by number of calls, I mean, there was a there was a couple up there from Houston. Bruce definitely one of them. So appreciate that. Uh, love the mix. Love the mix of the first time callers from Hawaii to Detroit to to the guys that um, um, and we had Vancouver to start us off, and we had our guys, you know, and, and the regs, you know, that that were that were there. Um, They've been there all season. So um, you know the whole. Will these young players listen? Well, hell, I mean, <laughs> when did they take over? You know, I mean, like, like that's the thing that's frustrating. And, and you're, you're not wrong by suggesting that, but it's like, I think if they want to play, they will, you know, and that's that, that hasn't changed that much. We haven't changed to the point where we're just not going to play. We're just going to, you know, we're going to just, just take over and, 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 uh, doesn't care whether you know this isn't varsity blues where they just say all right we're not going out there coach kilmer sorry you know like like leave uh we're we're running this i mean it ain't gonna be like that so maybe that's a little extreme but um i i I think i think if if they if it's all about the respect if a coach comes in and gets the players respect then then they'll they'll run through a brick wall for them or or whatever you know i i think that that'll that's still the case even in today's NFL. And so that's what it comes down to. And, you know, this guy, any coach you bring in, they should have some skins on the wall. They should be able to earn the guy's respect. Once that happens, then I think that they'll they'll play hard for him and all that. And let's don't act like Dan Quinn was had a cupcake, you know, type of, you know, mentality. It, it wasn't. 
but I just think it needs to be different. But at one way or another, just a different mentality in a different scheme, in a you know maybe a different player like like a linebacker, a different type, a different prototype. It's just on defense, things need to be a little different. Things need to be different on offense as well, in some in some capacity, especially with the offensive line. But I do want to make things clear. If you just joined us for like the last 50 minutes, I mean, Mike Zimmer has not been named head co- uh, defensive coordinator here at all. I think he's, I think, I think he's interviewing today, but he's not. You know, it sounds like if you listen to all the call, that has not been the case. It still seems pretty wide open. Uh, but like I said, I would imagine a decision will be made at some point here. I would think this week. Um, you know, now I do think the NFL does frown upon announcements getting closer to the game. So I think if that was it, you know, from other teams, um, I do remember one year, Jerry, and uh, at the Super Bowl, one year, they, Emmett retired and they had a press conference out there, you know, at the Super Bowl, and cowboy helmet and big press conference. Um, I don't think the league likes that. Now, defensive coordinator position, again, it doesn't mean you have to wait that long, but um, look, look for later this week, maybe a, a Thursday or even a Friday, uh, something happened with the Cowboys. All right. Great stuff. This will be our only show of the week. Uh, won't have a show on Thursday. Uh, I'll be, uh, as we talked about, I'll be at the Super Bowl uh, just for the day and Thursday. Just being there and, and trying to see if I can, uh, if we can get Darren Woodson into the ring, um, ring into the Hall of Fame, and uh, maybe some of our players, maybe they win some awards. Like I've said before, if Deron Bland doesn't win Defensive Player of the Year, they just need to change the name to something else. They need to change the name of the award to the MVP or or whatever because I don't think any defensive player has had a better year than Deron Bland. Those other guys did a nice job, but when did sacks become more important than picks? And definitely didn't become bigger than pick sixes. So he's not the most valuable. He's not the he's not gonna be, you know, not the highest paid. I think Deron Bland was the defensive player of the year. Uh led the league in picks which is still a big deal, led, the, the, led every player in the history of the NFL in pick sixes and, um, and you know, hey, had a remarkable season. I think he should be Defensive Player of the Year. But we'll see if that happens. I'll be there to talk to him, and he'll probably have not a lot to say about that. So that's just Duran being Duran, but that's okay. All right. Great show, guys. Appreciate all the calls and the texts. Chris Beam, as always, thanks for running the board. We will see you next Tuesday. We'll talk about the offseason officially being here when the Super Bowl is over now. We'll see what happens. We'll talk about it next week. All right. See you guys next time on Cowboy Storyline. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about you, Cowboys?